Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. Today we are joined by Master Justin Pfeifferlich. Master Pfeifferlich is a sixth Don Taekwondo Black Belt. He holds a Black Belt in Sogoru Bujitsu, a Blue Belt in uh, Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he is a Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Air Force. In addition to being a competitor and accomplished martial artist, Master Feiverlich has been a coach, a leader, and a significant presence in the development of what I consider to be one of the most underrepresented and underserviced areas of the Taekwondo community, Collegiate Taekwondo. Master Feiferlich has been responsible for the development of the Iowa Central Varsity Taekwondo program, which began as a club and developed into a uh, varsity sport and now competes in the Midwest Collegiate Taekwondo Conference with Division I sports teams. He is currently sitting on the board of the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association. He is involved in USA Taekwondo as a representative, as a coach, uh, as a project manager, and as a referee. Master Pfeifferlich has lived a life of service to our country through his military service, to, to the Taekwondo community, to his local community, and to the family that he loves so much. It was an honor to speak to him. I suggest that you follow him on social media and that you explore one of the many initiatives that he is involved in. And on behalf of Taekwondo Life magazine, as I said to him in our conversation, I thank him for his service both to the Taekwondo community and to the United States of America. Here is Lieutenant Commander and Master Justin Pfeifferlich. Well, we are very pleased to have with us today, very impressive gentleman. We have Lieutenant Colonel Justin Pfeifferlich, who is a, among other things, a sixth Don uh, black belt. So, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Very good. Well, you have uh, an extensive professional and athletic background both as a competitor, as a coach, and, a, and as a mentor. And I wanted to talk about a lot of those things today. But first, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, to introduce yourself, you know, tell the folks uh, who you are and, and, and a little bit about your martial arts background and your, and your, um, your career. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm a sixth on in uh, Taekwondo. I also have a black belt in our Soguru Jiu-Jitsu, which is from the International Combat Arts Federation. And I also hold a blue belt in the, uh, the Great Sea Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a certified instructor, and we have a uh, certified training center right here in Fort Dodge at our gym. I do work full-time for the Iowa National Guard. I have about 30 years of military experience. Uh, out there, I'm the director of tests. We test a lot of new uh, communications equipment for the military, such as uh, satellites, radios, communication systems, computers. And that's kind of what we do. Uh, I do own a martial arts gym here in Fort Dodge. And, you know, with a lot of help from my family and our, our black belts, uh, you know, my wife, Deanne, my two grown children, Kelsey and Michael, and their spouses now, um, and Kelsey and Zach and then Ashley, you know, we're just very successful in, in, in the community and uh, just trying to make a good positive impact throughout here. Well, that's great. Well, you, you certainly have done uh, more than your, your, your fair share of that. So tell us about getting involved in uh, Taekwondo. I mean, we, we you know, we 
we speak to people from from all walks of life. But in terms of the, the folks that are the practitioners, I, I I always find it interesting to discuss how it is that they became uh, involved in the practice of martial arts in general, and more specifically in Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, so I think you know the first encounter that I can remember martial arts is uh, I just visited my local YMCA and I worked out there quite a bit. I just happened to walk by a class that was going on one night. You know, they were doing kicks and punches and high kicks, flying kicks, and I thought, that looks pretty cool. So I just kind of jumped right in right there and gave it a shot, and I never really stopped since then. It was a, a lot of fun. and made some good uh, lifelong friends through there. And then, of course, most of my circle of friends were from were from there, even through high school and, and up through college. So it was a, a great experience. I'm glad I got started and just had the courage enough to step in there without any experience and uh, have a lot of fun. Is that in the same uh, geographic area that you are now? Have you always been in, um, from the time you started martial arts, have you always always been in the same um, in the same area, or, or did you move around? Yeah, and I've been in the same area uh, here in Fort Dodge, Iowa. We did, uh, when I went enlisted in the Air Force right out of high school, of course, and I did some traveling and, and wasn't around for a few years, but other than that, I've been uh, back here in Fort Dodge. That's interesting. So for, for a lot of the folks, that have that we've spoken to who have a martial arts training that when they when they got involved in it depending on what their uh, family's understanding of of martial arts uh, where they had various degrees of support and resistance um, not necessarily resistance from some of the folks that I've spoken to in the sense that anyone's ever been against martial arts but there are some folks that are you know I think this generation is a little bit different just because martial arts is so much more um, prevalent. But for folks that are you're you're younger than me, but a little bit older than some of the the, the up and coming practitioners, um, they had situations with you know a lot of them with their families where, uh, hey, what are you what are you spending your time doing that for when when you could be playing football or playing baseball or or, or doing something else? Did you did you experience any of that? Was it something that was foreign to your folks and and your family, or was it the kind of thing that was in, encouraged? No, that's that's a great point. Uh, no, I, when I I started off, I you know I just just kind of entering high school there my, my freshman year. And uh, at first uh, I was trying to do, you know, multiple sports at the same time, plus doing Taekwondo. And it, it went pretty well. I mean, I could do football at the same time and then wrestling. And at one point there, I can't remember it was my first or second year in the martial arts, but my dad had, he made me uh, make a decision. He goes, you're just, you're not being, you know, um, very good at home all the time. I was, you know, cutting weight for wrestling and I think I wasn't being very nice to my mom and dad. So he says, you have a choice. You can either do wrestling or any other sports, or you can do taekwondo. So I made a decision, and I chose taekwondo. What he was trying to do is to get me to quit taekwondo. <laughs> You're right, right, right. Really, Yeah, it wasn't really understood, you know, in, in our in our family very much back then in the uh, the mid-'80s, you know, mid to late-'80s, at least we're here anyway. So but sure. it, later on, I was able to, you know, I understand what he was talking about and I know where it's coming from. So I was able to continue the rest of my high school career, uh, you know, doing the various sports and Taekwondo at the same time. But Taekwondo by far had most of my attention and time compared to uh, the rest of the sports. Gotcha. And, and later, later on, all of my family, except for my dad at some point, and I had seven brothers and my mom even had all been in Taekwondo at some point. Some of my brothers are black belts. And uh, so it, later on, at some point, you know, they they, they joined as well and uh, took up the martial arts. Oh, that's great, and and, and that's that's something that I find um, is, is is interesting, and I do find that um, you know we have a lot in in our dojang today where where I train is 
it's it has become very much a family affair, you know. Uh, and many times it's interesting, as I find for a lot of the younger kids, that you know there are some folks like me who are older and have trained forever, and I introduce my kids to the martial arts. But I see a whole new group of folks that the young kids start, and then mom and dad end up getting on the mat, and and, and other members of the family to do something as a as a family where. It's it's it, it's sort of coming in almost through the back door. So it it is a great way for families to um, there's a great family element um, to the social aspects of, of of being out there and encouraging each other and 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 and, and achieving things together. So um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's one of the few things I think in today's world that parents can actually actively engage with their children in doing. It's hard with the other sports, but in taekwondo, we encourage it. You know, and the smile you see on the kids' faces when the mom and dad is in there and they're all kind of doing the same thing together, it's really amazing. And and then with my family, and like I said, my wife, my two kids and their spouses are all involved. They're all helping with taekwondo. We're all doing jiu-jitsu together. My daughter is uh, is pregnant, and she's due in December for our first grandchild. Wow. And she's still doing jiu-jitsu, rolling around with her mom. <laughs> so That's great. You know, yeah, it's an awesome just family. It has a lot of our so our family sticks together through that, and we, we spend a lot of quality time together inside the gym. That's great. That that is great. It's like a second home for 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 all of us. So you are, um, you know, again, unlike many of the people that that we've interviewed from from all walks of life, you have a, a really um, you, you touched on it a little bit, but you have a very impressive parallel to your uh, your, your Taekwondo life, your Taekwondo um, training, which is your your, your military service and career. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is the relationship. You know, the, the, I come from a, a Taekwondo um, dojin where, where, where my grandmaster comes out of uh, Korean military, you know, Korean uh, Marines. Much of the training that we did is just some degree. I have, I have a son who's just out of the, 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 the U.S. Army, and uh, I, I see a lot of the similarity and parallels between the, you know the, the the types of training and the, and the the structure and the um, the authority. Tell me about how the Taekwondo training and martial arts training impacted your military career and and vice versa. How 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 the military um, career impacted on your on your martial arts training? Yeah, perfect. I think I think I'll start a little bit with you know when I I first right out of high school, a few days out of high school, I joined the Air Force. Um, I went into combat control. And then when I got through that and I got a, after a short break, then I came actually back to Fort Dodge. I didn't even know our guardian was right here until I came back and realized it. So I was still interested in doing that, but serving from home. So I joined our guard unit here in Fort Dodge. It's just a drill status guard. I've been doing my drill, you know, one time a month and a couple of weeks throughout the year. And then after, um, in, in, uh, about after eight years of enlistment, they asked me to become an officer. So I did that, and I was looking forward to leadership opportunities. I got my commission in 1998, and then shortly after that, that's been come work full time for them, and that was in about February of 2001. And so a lot of deployments since then, in and around the different countries and throughout the world, in peacetime and wartime. But I've enjoyed serving in the Air Force and the Air National Guard. Uh, so, and what I with that, where I finally got to uh, several years ago is I was able to. Um, become the coach for the entire United States Air Force for both the men's and women's taekwondo team. So that's been really exciting to uh, take on that role with them. That is great. Yeah, yeah. Taekwondo gave me the, uh, just a, an outstanding foundation of you know, discipline and structure and self-confidence, just like you were talking about, and following orders and being a good leader. And then abiding by the tenets of taekwondo, our courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and a spirit, you know, that was all built upon 
um, the requirements for military service well. They just kind of they integrate with each other very well. The, the core values that we have in the Air Force is integrity, service before self, and excellent all we do, which just aligns beautifully with the martial arts and taekwondo. So I, I just think the background between uh, both of them has led me to success for both in the Air Force and and uh, at home in taekwondo. That's great. That's great, and I, and, and I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because I wasn't that aware of some of the martial arts military programs, and my son, although he's not uh, – my oldest is not a Taekwondo practitioner. He's the only one. He was a wrestler and a samba. But when he was in um, the, the Army, I, I became a little bit more aware, and I, and I watched some of the tournaments, uh, Arm, big Army-Navy, as, as is always uh, competitive, but that their, their Taekwondo team uh, competitions, uh, you know, Army versus Navy. And it was really exciting. It was exciting, and it was an, a little bit of an exciting different element to be sort of coming at it from the perspective of, of the, you know, Army versus uh, versus Navy uh, um, a, a approach to watching some of, you know, the tournaments. And you have a, a, a son who's in, uh, on the Army side and, you know, rooting for those guys. So, But I didn't, I didn't even – at, up to that point, I didn't even have an understanding that, that, that there were as many um, Taekwondo programs in the military as there are. Yeah, the, the services each have a world-class athlete program. And so it's mostly for your black belts and elite kind of competitors. And, and uh, there's some great athletes in there that go to nationals and military world games and all that kind of great stuff. What's been tough lately is the budget, you know, it kind of sure. without the money funding behind it and military budget gets cut, then – you know, they start cutting from those other programs, and the sports one is a kind of easy one to do. But it's sad in a way because it's such a good program, and it's just good for the spirit and the camaraderie. And uh, so we, we just got to work on hopefully keeping saving those programs and keeping them active. And that's probably been our biggest struggle with the uh, with the Air Force Taekwondo team is just keeping it funded so that our athletes can go to training camps and then uh, go to competitions. Sure, sure. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit, and I wanted to know because you're involved in so many different things, and we have limited time, but I wanted to be able to touch on a little bit of everything. Is um, tell me about the the Iowa Central Varsity Taekwondo program. I know that that's something that you're that you're very actively involved in, and and I wanted to give our our listeners an opportunity to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we started. I started a club with the, our local community college, Iowa Central Community College, back in about 2014. We just started off the club, wanted to see how it went. We had such great success that I came back to them during that next summer, and they authorized to start like a full varsity program, just like any other sport. So we started that in the fall of 2015. We have a budget. We have scholarships, and they treat us just like any other sport in there. So it's really exciting, and it's been fun. You know, that allows those college students not to have any expenses. I mean, we provide their uniforms, their practice gear the pads, the mouthpieces, and just everything we need to compete. We pay for the, our college pays for the travel and the entry fees. Um, you know, of course, we do do fundraisers every year, so we, we uh, raise some funds for our annual taekwondo tournament, which we just had last weekend. And then, you know, we'll, t- we'll, um, we'll work on some other fundraising to help cover some of those expenses. So it, it's been good, and, and uh, it's been a great opportunity for a lot of those student-athletes. You know, we'll even take what's nice. We'll take individuals that have no martial arts experience at all, and, um, you know, which is quite different from the other sports. I mean, if you're going to go play college Absolutely. football, you probably had to play football in, in uh, high school, sure. right? And same with the wrestling and those other sports. Um, but because of the way with the rank structure in Taekwondo, you know, beginners are beginners and the belt level is a belt level. So we can, we can bring on those new people. And it's really exciting to see those folks kind of step out of their comfort zone and do a contact, uh, you know, combat sport. So that's been really exciting. And then, you know, as long as they're willing to learn and they're, they're always there for practice and tournaments and they're working hard and have a great attitude, you know, that'll help us get a long ways with that. 
Um, we typically compete in three tournaments in the fall and three more in the spring. We're part of the Midwest Collegiate Taekwondo Conference, NCTC, and that has colleges, all Division Ones, from uh, University of Texas, University of Colorado, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Iowa State, Purdue, and all of us. We're basically in the, the NCTC. So those are the folks we need to compete with in and out throughout the, throughout the year. Um, what what we're hoping for, yeah. No, that's great. That's good. What are you saying what you're hoping for? I'd love to Yeah, you know, the toughest part of the job is just has been the recruiting part because different from the other sports, Taekwondo just hasn't become that widespread high school sport yet. And I know we have some initiatives out there that we're working on. Uh, the United States High School Taekwondo, they're hoping moving that uh, forward throughout the country. We're trying to get it going in, in Iowa. But it's just a kind of a slow process to get the schools, you know, with their lack of funding and, and trying to make everything work at, at that high school level. So the majority of the recruits that we get now are either, either collegiate students that are looking to try a collegiate sport with no martial arts experience, or, you know, we get a few high school students that are still competing in Taekwondo, and they're usually the upper ranks. Um, but if you're sure. trying to prevent any burnout from there. So, you know, my, my word has to be any coaches or instructors out there. You got any uh, high school Taekwondo practitioners who want to continue uh, in a collegiate sport, you know, send them our way. We're ready for them. Well, that's, that's great. And that has actually been a big uh, talking point for me over the course of the last few years, just because uh, in, in talking to the wide spectrum of people that I talk to that, you know, there is, um, historically, this great fall off in Taekwondo um, practitioner, you know, in, in training um, at that at the time that that people become, you know, late teens and they go to college, and a lot of that I think has to do with the notion of there not being, you know, sufficient programs, and people become obviously they become busy and they become distracted. But you have, you know, a lot of great youth programs. And then you have adult programs, and there's this gap in between. And I think that, you know, one of the greatest things that Taekwondo can do for itself as a community is to strengthen the area in those areas that, that you're that you're working on. Because I really do feel that, you know, that really does close uh, a lot a lot of the gap. There's a lot of folks that are working on the other end on the senior Taekwondo, and we've interviewed um, uh, Master Sirota and uh, Grandmaster Sirota and a number of people who are working in the para-Taekwondo area. And certainly there's an abundance of children's programs everywhere. But the, 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 the late high school and the collegiate programs, I think, are, are the ones that need the most amount of work. So it's really, I, I think, an important thing that you guys are doing and, and, and that you're doing in particular. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I hope we can uh, get it going and, and keep getting it to grow. Well, tell me, that ties into your other initiative, which is the NCTA, um, which I was doing some, some reading about recently, but the National Collegiate um, Taekwondo Association. And tell me about that, uh, you know, what that is and, and tell us what your, you know, what your role is in that. Yeah, yeah that, that group was formed back in uh, about 1970 by just a group of uh, collegiate martial arts instructors. You know, and, and the main thing that's trying to promote Taekwondo in colleges and universities uh, you know, to create a better understanding of the culture and philosophy of Taekwondo. So that's kind of the main mission that we're trying to do. Um, and just to broaden the activities in college and universities by giving that quality instruction and coaching for the Taekwondo students. You know, as always, working through the development of the mind and body through the qualified instructors and the discipline training, um, you know, and, and of course, thinking of them as a student first with the academic improvement and social progress. So um, this past year, I was uh, selected to be the vice president and I'm working for our president, Dan Chung, in there. And he's just great leadership that we have in that organization. You know, I kind of got involved or started with them just when we started the collegiate team in 2015. We were going to the collegiate nationals every year. 
And I just started helping them out with anything small I could help them with, you know, whether it's a registration desk or weigh-ins or anything I could do to, uh, you know, just help them out with some extra hands. And I, so I got to build some relationships that way and get to know them. And then a couple of years ago, I, you know, I made a couple of suggestions, one of which was to uh, start the All-American program, the NCTA All-American. So we started that uh, system and then along with also offered NCTA uh, Scholarship All-American, Scholastic All-American Award for those that were deserving of it. And we've recognized just 100 of athletes in the past couple of years with it. That's great. It's really, it, it, it's a great thing. And again, it's part of uh, what I was talking about in terms of the initiative. Now, just for those that are, are not, um, that don't fully understand, um, in terms of the NCTA, um, is there a, uh, in terms of the overlap, in terms of things like the uh, the NCTA and some of the other collegiate programs, does the, uh, the NCTA work with uh, colleges and, and universities, whether or not it's a Taekwondo as a class, Taekwondo as a team, Taekwondo as a club, Taekwondo as a uh, Division One, Division Two type type sport. Does it cross all of those uh, boundaries and sort and sort of unify them into uh, a, a larger group, or is it more limited in terms of uh, what their focus is? No, you're absolutely right. It includes all of those all of those things. You know, for the competitions, they obviously have to be enrolled and be taking you know so many credit hours uh, for the, for the competitions, but it, it just includes all the clubs and the sports and the different ways, as long as they're, you know, going to that college or university and they're practicing Taekwondo, um, they're very welcome to come in. Uh, the teams can register as like club members. Uh, and then what we do is at, you know, we hold the nationals. You know, one of the biggest things we do, the NCTA does is hosting that collegiate nationals uh, every spring. And this year, I think it'll be out on the West coast somewhere. Uh, a location hasn't been decided yet, but we know it'll be on the West coast. So they, they'll change every year. They'll go from, you know, the central to the eastern to the western, so they change the location of the nationals. And then each area kind of has a, uh, a conference. Like I said, we have the Midwest Conference, there's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. Then they all kind of come together at nationals and compete there. So so that, you know, we we've, we've, um, have a good relationship with uh, some of the uh, the USAT Olympic athletes. And, uh, you know, Steve, Stephen Lambton, I think, is probably one of the most accomplished collegiate records of probably almost anyone in, in, in Taekwondo and led him to, a, you know, a, certainly an Olympic path. So, and I know you have a, a relationship with the USA Taekwondo. Tell me about the, your relationship with USA Taekwondo and about the overlap between the work that you do with uh, NCTA and, and the work with, uh, you know, I, uh, Iowa Central Varsity TKD program and your work with, uh, you know, USA, USAT. Yeah. So USA Taekwondo, you know, I've got my certification to be a referee and I'm up to a level two coach. And there's just, there's a lot of uh, things that work together between the organizations with USA Taekwondo and NCTA and there's a lot of things that work together on and stay in touch in and, you know, just following different rules for competitions. And so it's just really complimentary of each other and how they all work together. Um, you know, it's, I was selected to be a project coach for, for that group. And, you know, I started, I think, way back when it was U.S. Uh, Taekwondo, right? USTU, right? U.S. United States Taekwondo. Yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was a member way back then and just always been, you know, a member and life member with them and, and I just try to be involved as I can, you know, going to different competitions and, you know, we set up different seminars throughout the year here in Iowa. We have the Iowa Taekwondo Alliance that works uh, directly with USA Taekwondo. And uh, so it's just uh, something they, they kind of all, all work very well with each other. One of the things that I see about you is, you know, you, you, you run the, um, you, you're, you're a lifelong practice practitioner at this point, but you're a young man and um, you are 
sort of dancing between being a competitor and a coach, which is a little bit unusual. And, and, and we talked a little bit about this, you know, in, in the information prior to the interview, but I think that's an exciting thing. But tell me a little bit about the balance there between doing um, coaching and training. And then, um, you know, some of the recent, uh, you know, up to, up till very recently, you've had some great success in the competitive world. Um, tell me how does that balance out for you? And, and, and a little bit about that. Yeah. I don't know that I'm a young man anymore. I, I turned 50 <laughs> <last> year. <laughs> well, you're still, you're still very you're still very young, and I know Taekwondo helps <laughs> to keep you younger. So, yes, thank you. Yeah, you know, I I've just enjoyed uh, you know coaching and competing, and I'm definitely much more of a, a coach. You know, as as I've gotten older, and I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And I've been I've coached a lot of high school uh, sports as well, but you know, I think it's important to kind of be able to maintain that, especially coaching at the collegiate level, you know, maintaining that perspective of what those, you know, athletes are going through, whether they're new or experienced. And so it just kind of, obviously I've had enough competition throughout my life that I get it, but sometimes things change as the rules change or uh, the way the cultures change. It's good to have that different perspective of, you know, kind of what it's like from that side of it. Um, but, you know, so I think the competition helps keep me, you know, relevant and, and just gives me that additional perspective as, as an athlete as well. And yeah, I've had a lot of success. Better, I've had four national titles. I competed in the first three uh, U.S. Opens at the Olympic Training Center, uh, and I've, you know, so and I've coached some uh, national champions as well. So I'm just very proud of that. It's been good. Uh, my priority just continues to be coaching the athletes and helping them achieve their goals. You know, whether it's in or off the mats. Uh, my my competition days, I think, are just less and less and less as a uh, sure as move forward. <laughs> Sure. Well, that, that leads me to a question that I've asked a number of folks who have a little bit of longevity in the sport, and, and I don't think I asked you previously, but what are the, what are the like, changes, the, the, the significant changes that you've seen overall in terms of the, the training and the practice of the martial arts during your time, particularly you know, in, in the area of Taekwondo? Because you've been in the circuit for, for a long time, and I know that there's obviously always rule changes and things of that nature, but, but is there anything that's more, that's more apparent to, to you uh, or, or, or more distinct in terms of just in general, in terms of uh, uh, you know, trends that have, that have happened in, in Taekwondo since since starting at the age of 15? Yeah. You know, I think sometimes it's just a kind of a cycle we go in, right? Sometimes we get back to where we started from, it seems. But, you know, I remember when I first started practicing Taekwondo, it was, you know, it was a hard style. It was doing blocks for an hour, you know, or the same kick for an hour. Very, fami- very familiar to me. Yeah. Very familiar to yeah. me. Yeah. Right. And, and that's how the culture was. And it was mostly adults for the most part, a few kids. But it was a lot of, you know, at least 15-year-olds and up. And it was just a very hard structured and disciplined class. And with today's culture, you you really can't teach that way anymore, right? I mean, I, you, you can try, but it's just not the same. So we've had sure. to adapt. You know, we've had to adapt on, you know, a lot more character development as part of our classes to be successful and just have a variety and keep changing things up for those students. Because I think today, if we try to put our class in there and just do a blocks for an hour that, uh, you know, they probably won't stick around very long. We want them, them to enjoy Taekwondo. So, We've had to adapt to the culture, and, and and I think that's okay. We keep the same, you know, tradition there with it, with the, with the tenants and, you know, uh, mind, body, spirit. So I, I'm okay with that. On the competition side, you know, I, I enjoyed back in the days where, you know, it was trembling shock to score. And, sure. You know, it just seemed like that was a uh, – and there were, you know, the point tournaments as well, and there were the, you know, the trembling shock tournaments. And, 
I enjoyed them both. But and I found that you know going to one of them made me a better fighter in the other with the other one. And I found that really amazing for myself. You know, I started off point style, and then we went into the the trembling shock, and I and I really enjoyed that, and had to change a few of the rules. You know, no punching in the face and that kind of good stuff. And then sure, I'd go back and do I go back into a point tournament and just dominate again. So it was really interesting to see how they you know helped each other out in a way. And then now with the scoring today, electronic scoring, of course, it's you know more about that clean contact, and you know uh, don't necessarily have to have that trembling shock to score. But it's, uh, you know, it's still challenging. It makes it more interesting for the crowd and you see the points go up. So, you know, I, I think that's good in a way, but I enjoyed the, uh, the trembling shock phase myself. That's very interesting. That's great perspective. And I think that is a great overview of um, a lot of, of the things that have, that have gone on. And, and, and as somebody who's been, been in a long time, um, I relate to, to a lot of it. And I, and I think I sort of have a similar view to you in the sense that there are many people who, who are very entrenched in different positions, but my position has been that to the extent that these are the current, uh, that this is the current atmosphere and these are the current um, rules and training styles, that the the way to ex- excel at your game is to to train for the change and that and there's something to be said for that intellectually and physically as well in that you know we we adapt to to those to those things and um as it relates to the heart to the t- type of training I, I i do agree with you in terms of inclusion i think that many people um from the standpoint of getting bored um and and not staying with it long term is if you're doing you know the the type of training that we did uh, I think you start to learn very, very. You, your, your lower blocks become good, your front snap kicks become good, and those that stay with it get perfection. But a lot of people just don't. It doesn't. It's not interesting for them. So you lose a lot of people along the way. So, so, so those changes, I think, I understand them, even though they may not necessarily be um, as comfortable for me because they're not as familiar to me. But I, I, I definitely do understand them, and 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 it does keep more people in in the dojang, so or or in the college program. So I, I get it. Um, so that's, 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 that's interesting. You're, you're, you're a great resource. And I know that entire, um, that entire board of, uh, NCTA is just filled with, uh, from, from president Dan Chung all the way through is just filled with, um, really gifted and passionate people about, um, the state of Taekwondo. So that, that that's exciting for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be serving with them. It's, it's great leadership group for sure. Absolutely. A- a- absolutely. So tell me, um, for yourself, what lies ahead for you as we, as we wind down? I've got a couple couple of minutes left. What 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 lies ahead for you professionally? You know, for for your um, career in the in the uh, Iowa Air National Guard, and what lies ahead for you in terms of your practice and and development in, in the area of Taekwondo? Yeah, well, professionally, still working with the Iowa National Guard. I want to continue on there through uh, you know to get a good retirement through there, and hopefully that'll happen someday. And then maybe I'll slow down a little bit, but maybe not too. Right, much. right, right. And I've just loved love my job and serving my country. It's a great place to be, and uh, you know has a lot of good meaning for us. And we're doing some good things in the world. Uh, you know, just continuing to keep our martial arts gym growing. Uh, I want to stay involved with organizations that have that same philosophy to help Taekwondo grow. You know, just like Iowa Central's doing, Iowa Taekwondo Alliance, the NCTA, USA Taekwondo, and just those different groups to to keep pushing Taekwondo. And uh, the good benefits that it has, um, you know, throughout the world. Well, that that is that's great. And what we'll do is in the um, 
the the notes section of the of the program when we post it i'll i'll post some links to um those various organizations um uh, so that and the, their social media or their websites so that folks can um find out a little bit more about that and a little bit more about what they can um you know they can they can do to 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 help out in those organizations what is the best way for folks to find out more about you from the standpoint of online are you, are you on social media facebook or instagram or is there a place that people can follow your uh your taekwondo journey uh yeah i, I have social media? Uh, our facebook page yep, our facebook page if you just uh, pull up my name you know justin Pfeiffer, look i'm on there and we have a uh, the fact that uh, taekwondo facebook page as well and then our website is uh, fordodgemartialarts.com and then uh, I guess I have Instagram and Twitter and uh, have those. Oh, great, too. great, great. So we'll, we'll we will um, we'll post all of those things so that, that that folks can can stay in touch with you and and can find out exactly what uh, you know what's going on with you in in, in the upcoming days. So uh, I wanted to thank you. You're uh, a guest. I always thank everybody for their contributions to to martial arts and the development of of Taekwondo and the Taekwondo world, but. Uh, we have uh, the 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 additional, and I have the additional desire to thank you for your your military service and your service to the country. It certainly is appreciated. And again, as the father of a uh, of an army veteran, I, I certainly do have the greatest love and, and appreciation for people who um, commit themselves to you know to something that that's greater than themselves. So I, I, I thank you for that on behalf of myself and on behalf of our entire audience and, and, and appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your amazingly busy schedule to talk to uh, Taekwondo Life. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Mark. I appreciate all you're doing because it's a lot of work and a lot of time that you're doing all of this. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. It's a good thing for us all. Well, I, I thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you, and I look forward to following what you're doing. And, and I know our paths will cross at, at one of these uh, conferences or events or tournaments or something like that down the future. So, uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Justin Pfeifferlich, I thank you so much for talking to Taekwondo Life, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Send back at you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.